0: One, two, three.
1: Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that has stumbled across the power of the song story. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canieri. Our guest today is Ashley Drose. Ashley's a formerly trained and certified career counselor, coach, teacher, writer, and speaker. She got a master's degree in counseling and guidance for higher education and two bachelor's degrees in psychology and theater arts, all from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. At FGCU, she serves in many roles, including internship coordinator for the Department of Communication and Philosophy, career specialist for the Pages program and as an adjunct instructor. She's also got her own private career coaching practice, Linnea Consulting. Personally, Ashley says she considers herself an insatiable traveler, an avid reader, a stifled hiker, quote, thanks Florida, a shameless lover of tequila, champagne, and craft beer, and most of all, an obsessive fur mom to her two rescue dogs. She was raised on a 500-acre cattle ranch in Northern California before a decade-long stint on California's Central Coast. Then, five and a half years ago, she took an unexpected leap of faith by moving to Fort Myers without, she says, knowing a soul in residence or even visiting here before coming here. She says what followed was a wild ride of highs and lows, all leading her to be here with us today. So let's talk song stories. Hey there, Ashley.
0: Hi. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great.
1: What was your first impression of Fort Myers?
0: My first impression of Fort Myers, I actually rolled into Fort Myers at about 6 a.m., On July 1st, a long time ago, uh, the sun wasn't even up, and it was so hot and humid. It was middle of summer, and I remember it being beautiful. There was lots of green. But then I got out of the car and I was like, oh, what is this?
1: And here it still is. Here it is. <laughs> um, okay. You said, I didn't. I don't think I put this in the actual bio part, but you said, so you are, you're on a mission to save them all oh. when it comes to the fur dogs. The <laughs>
0: fur babies. <laughs> fur babies. <Yeah. laughs> yes. So how,
1: how seriously do you take that mission?
0: Well, um, I rescued my last dog from Gulf Coast Humane Society locally. Um, and that's actually kind of a funny story. I'll give you cliff notes, is that I taught a class on campus where we did a service project. We made T-shirt toys. And the day that I went to go drop them off... I came home with a dog, (laughs) so I mean it is. I have two now, but it is a. It's a. a, I have to. I have to stay away, or I come home with too many cats. I have had cats in the past. They don't. They don't do it for me like like dogs do. Okay.
1: Uh, So, what was the musical background of your childhood on that five hundred acre cattle ranch in Northern California?
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was actually kind of trying to think about this, and it's really hard to summarize for me. so I grew up kind of in the middle of nowhere, which meant that what I was exposed to was what I was exposed to. You know, I wasn't in a big city. I There wasn't a whole bunch going on. Um, pop culture, we had obviously I had cable, but like that's pretty much it. We had radio stations. So I pretty much grew up listening to country first, I would say. Um, I only got into pop when I was like a little bit later, maybe middle school, and only because... The girls that I knew were into it, and they were like, oh, you should listen to this. Um, otherwise, actually my first song has to do with this, uh, my parents had a record collection. Uh, they put the, their two record collections together, and we actually used our record player pretty often. So some of my first, I guess, people that I was exposed to, um, the Beatles, Carol King, Joni Mitchell. On vinyl. On vinyl, yes. So I will say I'm not somebody who knows a ton about them, but I can – that the songs are my, kind of my first impression.
1: So if you've got a 500-acre cattle ranch you grew up on, like how far from your neighbors are you? Kind of just paint the general how that works. That's a pretty big track to land.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, my driveway was about a mile long. Okay. Um, <laughs> so
1: the house was in the middle.
0: <laughs> yeah, which made for a long walk from the, the bus stop if my parents were ever running late or forgot <laughs> to pick me up. Right. Um, but I will say my neighbors were probably – Between half a mile and a mile away. Wow. On a foggy day, you couldn't – I mean, at night, you couldn't really see a a, a neighboring light or anything. Wow. It was all stars.
1: Were you working that ranch? Was the ranch being worked? Just suss that out.
0: Yeah. So Okay. So how we ended up there, really quickly. uh, My dad was actually a very successful real estate agent in L.A., And when I was three, he was like, I've about had it (laughs) with city life. And he bought a ranch in Northern California and moved us up there. Um, So with that, he and when my brother got older, they did most of the outdoor work. My mom and I also did some like I've had my fair share of bucking hay and rounding up cattle and all that kind of stuff. Um, And then he would hire a a ranch hand or two. But it was mostly our family who ran it.
1: Hmm. Any uh, musical instruments being played around you or by you?
0: Yes. So my dad gave my grandmother, who passed away last August at 101, um, a Christmas gift of piano lessons when I was about five. And my reaction was, I want to go, right? So I got piano lessons too, starting at five and uh, uh, maybe, maybe close to six, but around there and went weekly for 13 years until I graduated and moved away for college, um, so I had one-on-one piano lessons. My brother also took piano lessons. Um, I was in—I took singing lessons. Quite—I had four different singing coaches along the way. Um, I was in band in middle school. What'd you I
2: played, play? I played the flute. Oh, mm-hmm. R- and Richard's a flute band guy. Another, oh. another flute and piano <clears throat> person. Yes,
0: yeah. I also had a brief stint on the Glockenspiel. Oh,
1: that's like, like a, that's a – what is that exactly? It's like an
0: upright xylophone kind of. Oh, yeah. okay.
1: I've heard it. I don't think I have a picture in my head of what it is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: upright and, xylophone. Yeah. Okay. I um. my goal in middle school, I wanted to be the person who played Carol of the Bells on – the glockenspiel for our Christmas program, so,
1: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, When did theater come along? Because I know that's part of your, your background.
0: Yes. Theater is something that I've always been fascinated by, but I didn't try it out myself until my senior year of high school when I got to be Marty in Greece. And I had spent all my time playing soccer and doing piano and that kind of stuff. And so when I auditioned and got a role, everyone was like, whoa what? (laughs) Like, Ashley does theater? Yeah. Um, I had a solo. It went awesome. I got great reviews on it. And then I realized that my secret love for theater was something that was super important to me. So when I got to college, I realized that I loved it so much I wanted to major in it. And I got to do all kinds of shows in college. I got to perform at um, one of the regional American college theater festivals. Hmm. I got to perform in acting competitions. It was really fun.
1: Did you get both your degrees then at the same time, the psychology? Was it like a dual... Degree track kind of thing? Yes. You do it in the right number of years or? Seems five. like that. five. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that's probably the right number of years for two.
0: Yeah, but I never had to do summer school or <coughs> anything, so. I had it all all together.
1: Um, I I remember the first time that we met you, you came in here and I made an offhand comment about the kids that were in the studio and how one of them was precocious because they were a theater kid and you stuck up for theater kids. Oh, yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) because I am one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, and, you know, when you work with students now, do you like try to instill in them that doing the arts can be something that will broaden their horizons even in non-artistic
2: ways?
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's a huge part of what I do is translate especially liberal arts degrees, humanities, arts, social sciences, into the career world and just all the ways that those skills that they're learning, the knowledge that they have is so beyond valuable in any workplace, in any industry. You know, obviously we have to find the right position, but you can do it. I mean, you can do almost anything mm-hmm. with a liberal arts degree.
1: So um, early musical memory, what would pop into your head?
0: Mm, early musical memory. Um. Probably one of my, favorites is uh, my family celebrates Christmas and we celebrate Christmas big time so every Christmas morning my brother would come, up, come in and obnoxiously wake me up and we would have to wait for my parents to get up and get ready and everything and we'd have to sit on the couch and wait to open Christmas presents but my dad always put on this Disney Christmas carols vinyl mm-hmm. album um, on the record player and that I mean that's probably my very first one from when I was little 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 it's just remembering this one disney christmas album
2: you looking that up richard yeah no i just do you do you remember <laughs> what the the art looked like was it do you remember i mean the it was cover? definitely
0: the disney characters uh sleigh ride i think was the one that I my family I loved i think that album in my
2: house <laughs> you on do? like on a shelf i'm yeah
1: well was, you you look we'll keep yeah. talking um first music you owned
0: first music i owned um definitely cassette Tapes, <laughs> um, probably ah, – you know what? I think the first the first one I remember owning was Winona Judd cassette tape. I loved that song, No One Else on Earth. It was like my favorite song when I was little. <laughs> was it like
1: a single cassette or was it an album cassette? It was an album. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, can you remember a time when you were little that move, that music moved you? I can never say that. When music moved you somehow that mm. you might like harken back to. That's a tough one I know.
0: It, well – uh, it's tough for me because there's not a single moment. If you know me well, you know that I have a very high sense of empathy that is, it's so, it's so high that it's actually been kind of a weakness, a tough, like a tough thing for me, taking on other people's energy and feelings and that kind of thing. And music is one of the things that has always affected me. Oh. I mean, it can, it can change my day for three minutes Gotcha. and then a different song can change it the opposite direction. But, um... I probably, if I were to pinpoint something, uh, some of the early country, like, sad love songs are probably the things that I remember evoking a lot of feeling early. Okay.
1: Um, it is already time for your first song. Okay. So, you, uh, what is it?
0: <laughs> it's In Agata De Vita by Iron Butterfly, uh-huh. which is 17 minutes long. Well,
1: and I have the 17-minute <laughs> version, minute version in its full glory, and then I also have the single version. We can listen to either. It's up to you.
0: Either one. We don't need to play all 17 <laughs> minutes. Um, yeah, so that's, that is my first song. I, I think we should play all 17 minutes of that. We have to get in the mode. This is the point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So... Um, what that song means to me, I'll tell, I guess I'll tell the story first for this one, is um, growing up on that cattle ranch in the middle of nowhere, I had to make my own fun a lot, um, but I also didn't have a lot of outside influence, you know, like my neighbors couldn't see me in the backyard and what I was doing, whatever, you know. So I used to, uh, like I told you, I was fascinated by my parents' record collection, and this was one of my mom's records, and I used to have her put this on. And I would just dance like crazy in our living room. Like this was like I was like an animal child just having so much fun, being completely myself. And she would play the 17-minute song and turn it up so loud for me. Um, and, I mean, there's some things that I'll I'll probably bring up afterwards. But it was, it was just one of those times that I remember being completely myself and really not caring. Um, but I can – I mean, it brings me back immediately to just being in our – Living room. Describe the, room.
1: describe the living room. Yeah. Paint the scene.
0: I grew up in a really strange house, so I grew up in a in a ranch house, um, and our living room had vaulted ceilings that were covered in pine, and so it was exposed wood, which was really cool. And then it was actually in like two halves. So we had one side that we used all the time. The TV was there. Our you know family couch was there. And then the other side had all this antique furniture that my mom had that we weren't allowed to touch or jump on or anything like that. Um, and in the middle was this giant like rock fireplace like i'm talking this is so exposed that if i had fallen as a child and hit my head i would have just split my head open because it was jagged and it went all the way up to the ceiling um, and it was i mean brown carpeting blue couch like it was just i had enough space to just really really go <laughs>
1: all right well let's listen to this picturing that uh in a devita by iron butterfly in the 1968 album of the same name it would be like interpretive dancing. Like
0: that. I can't even tell you. I don't
1: even know. I'm picturing, you know, the hand and everything. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, I just felt it. I just let it. Whatever I felt came out.
1: If you put yourself in a room right now and put that on real loud, could you kind of do that still?
0: <laughs> no one was around. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, in fact, I have, I have put this on in my apartment. Um, I don't, you know, I haven't gone as wild, but, you know, maybe that would be cathartic. Who knows? Right. <laughs> a little form of therapy.
1: Um, it's not the longest song that we've played. Oh. We've had a couple longer. Um, and it is one of the songs that one of our earlier guests, Jeff McCullers, um, it's a song he can no longer listen to, even though he has it on his phone. So mm. there's a little history of the show. So yeah. more story? More?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So obviously it takes me back to a specific place, but um, I'm a very introspective person and things tend to grow in meaning as you know as I'm looking back at this it it means more now too um kind of two other layers of it one being that I think that one of the reasons why I love this song so much is because it's my mom's album and if you meet my mom she is the she's so sweet she's very introverted she's so kind like she is just like you know live and let live and and um She's way smaller than me. She's a very small person. Um, I'm 5'9", and she's about 5'3", five 5'4", five I think. But um, I think that this song really – I think I loved it so much because it was from – it was when I realized that my parents were people before they had me. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. So hearing, hearing this song and hearing kind of the wild nature of it, I'm like – what did my mom do before? I Who was she before I yeah. was born? So there's that piece of it. And then also, um, this is kind of a tough part of my story, but uh, I kind of grew up really quickly at 15, um, being out there. And, you know, I had my my family unit with my mom, my dad, and my brother. Um, I came home when I was 15 and, and found out that my parents were getting divorced. Um, and that was really tough for me in a small town when it was like, Families were identified by their last names. You know, it's like, oh, the Drozes, right? Strong family unit. And um, we ended up going through a pretty horrible two-year divorce. So it also mean, it also takes me back to before all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just my mom in the kitchen while I'm dancing and my dad in the office and my brother being like, oh, my little sister, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it takes me back there, too.
1: So. Hmm. Um, when was the last time you listened to it?
0: Mm, probably a day or two ago.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the long version?
0: Mm, not the whole thing. But parts of it, yeah.
1: Uh where does music fit into your life in general?
0: Oh my gosh. Where doesn't it fit in? Um I, I mean music was definitely one of my first great loves. Um and in general, it's actually one of my one of my songs in, in a at the end my last song is uh you'll you'll kind of hear a little bit more about it but um i love to sing um if i'm stressed out i turn on music if i'm driving i turn on music if i'm getting ready in the morning i turn on music it's you know i'm i'm all over the place i actually still buy albums um which I know a lot of people don't do anymore, and we're I are coming back. Yeah, yeah. Which Last is great. year
1: there were more vinyl albums sold than CDs.
0: Ah, uh, well, see, I'm not a vinyl album person, but I buy full albums of artists. Oh, I yeah.
1: see. I see. You're saying instead of piecemeal, right? Yes. Yeah. So most yes, people, yes, yes, I guess,
0: yes. are buying singles and that kind of thing. Right, but right. I have always appreciated the art of the, that goes into the the full composition of right, an album, right, right. and. Um, like even when I was little, I would I would buy a CD, and I was always hoping, like I'd rip it open, hoping that all the lyrics were in there, because I would lay in my bed and read the song, like read all the lyrics as I listened to the to the music. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a if I am working out, if I am at home, if I am cleaning, whatever I am doing, I am always listening to music. So,
1: um, do you stream mostly? You said you do buy albums, but do you? Are you mostly streaming?
0: I go back and forth. I don't pay for a streaming service. So if I'm at home on Wi-Fi, I'll turn on Spotify or Pandora. Right. Um, but if I'm out and about, I really do appreciate having my music on my phone.
1: Um, what radio stations do you have tuned on your car, if any?
0: You know, I don't – actually, I don't really listen to too many radio stations here. Um, I have a couple country stations. I have um, – what's uh, – I can't see. I can't even remember. Um My employers at radio stations would be so disappointed. Uh, (laughs) Was it one hundred three point nine? Oh, yeah. I listen to some of the like contemporary one hundred three B one hundred three B one hundred three B one hundred three is one of them. And then it's like like, cat country,
2: the only country. Cat country and gator country. Gator country. (laughs) Yeah, I thought
0: of gator lanes like the the, the
2: bowling alley. (laughs) Yeah. Um. What about podcasts? I listen. What about
1: public radio?
0: I listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah, I'm just constantly listening to things. Um, if you know, I have to, I'll be in a podcast mood or a music mood. I go back and forth. So like today, I actually listened to podcasts on the way to work, but then I had some music while I was getting ready. Which one? Which podcast? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope that this isn't like judging my whole character. There's a woman in uh, Monaco uh, who is a like a health and wellness um, professional, and she has a, a a podcast called Pardon My French. Hmm. Yeah. I listen to her a lot.
1: When was the last time you were on stage in a theatrical production?
0: On stage in a theatrical production. It's been far, far too long. The last one would have been uh, – I was in – well, I directed The Vagina Monologues when I was a senior in college, but I was in it in grad school and – uh that was pretty fun. There were actually some famous people in the uh, audience because <laughs> oh, <yeah? laughs> so I lived on the central coast of California. Like so who? every um
1: anybody remember?
0: So a few people from Glee. Not any of the super famous people right. from Glee, but some of the like. Um, Coach Beast was there from Glee, so dot Jones um, she probably has no idea <laughs> she probably doesn't even remember this production but it was pretty fun so
1: uh, any interest in getting into it you know there's some theaters around here that you could easily slide right into Yes like I, ghostbird for instance is always looking
0: I think about it daily. I miss the stage so much. Luckily I, I mean I teach public speaking and I present all the time here so I'm still up in front of people but there's nothing like being on stage in a theater. I miss it.
1: Yeah, just being in a theater, just yeah. being backstage, just that. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. Um, concerts. Mm-hmm. Many, lots. Mm-hmm. Most recent?
0: My most recent concert was probably far too long ago, and maybe I'm missing a few, but I am a closet Kesha fan. Okay. <laughs> which is hard to say sometimes, but I love her. And I saw her and Macklemore in Miami.
2: Mike, spell Kesha. He's got a Q? No. <laughs> There's no dollar sign anymore. I don't even know if Mike knows who Kesha
1: is. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know Here's anything. the, here's the, here's the I bit. I know very few things that are <laughs> <laughs> here's, relevant here's, to
3: this here's show. The, here's the bit. It's Yeah, she spells it, or she used
2: to spell she it, K-E-Dollar Sign H <laughs> A. Okay, I can respect that.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was actually my second con- Kesha concert, too. The first one was with LMFAO.
1: <laughs> so. um, peak concert experience. Stop making fun of me, Richard.
0: <laughs> oh. Peak concert experience. I've been to a lot of great concerts. And uh, my first concert set the bar pretty high. Um I don't know how familiar you are with country music, but my first concert... More than Kesha. Okay. Was Patti Loveless and Colin Ray. Okay. And I had a backstage pass. That was my first concert ever, so I got to meet them.
1: Wow, that was probably pretty cool.
0: Right. Haven't done that since then. Oh, I've done it one time um, since then, but that was set the bar pretty high. Um, but I've seen some big names, and a lot of times the show is great, but it depends on who I'm with and where I'm at in my life, so... Um, I saw Beyonce on her um, surprise formation tour, like when she dropped the album and then did her tour. That one was great. In seventh grade, I saw the Backstreet Boys, which was awesome. I saw the Spice Girls and their like revival tour or whatever, which I hadn't even listened to the Spice Girls when I went there, so my friends were mad. But they were like, how, do you, how did you even get tickets to that and you don't even know? I know who
2: the Spice Girls are. So- <laughs> I want. I want to <laughs> did, you end up, did you end up becoming a fan of them?
0: You know, I could probably, I remember the show. Uh, and I remember having a lot of fun, but I probably could still only sing a couple of their songs. And there's some very mad people who are going to be listening to this. So, <laughs> uh,
1: furthest you've ever traveled to see a show?
0: Um, well, uh, I am a big fan of musicals, and while I, I so if we're counting that too, does that does that sure. work? So I didn't. Well, I was a theater major in college, and I studied abroad in London. And I saw twenty-three shows in nine weeks in a mm. bunch of different countries. So probably the farthest one would be Austria in terms of theater. Um,
2: what? But you you went from where you were to Austria for a sing like to just to see a specific show?
0: Um. Well, while I was in Austria, we traveled from Graz to Vienna to go see La Traviata, which is a an opera, which was pretty cool. Um. No, I tend I I traveled and then I worked at the theater into my schedule.
2: Where where's the furthest so I'm going to I'm going to redact Mike's uh, acceptance. What was the furthest you traveled to see a, an actual um like band or musical performance? Sure. Um where the travel was simply part of the cost of going.
0: Right. It was it was inter, within driving distance. So I'd say probably anywhere probably around 5 hours, I'd say.
1: Um it's time for song number 2. Oh, okay. What is it?
0: Um, it's anything could happen by Ellie Goulding.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this is this is a this is a two part story, so we'll do half before and half after. Uh, so I know that I, <laughs> I was explicitly told not to pick a song that I danced to at my wedding, but this one's a little bit different. So the memory that it does take me back to, it was actually the last song played at my wedding, and uh, I picked the song list. So carefully. Like I mentioned, m- music makes me feel very deeply. And so it was really important to me to have the song list reflect what I would hope that that part of the evening was going to reflect. And so this was the last song that I picked. And it takes me back to a place where, like I said, I was. I think it was 26, and I had just graduated from grad school. I had just gotten a job that I absolutely loved. I was marrying somebody that I loved very, very, very much. Um, and this song, I remember stopping, taking a step back while it was playing, and we're all dancing. And I'm thinking, all of my best friends, all of my family are here. Um, you know, like I said, I was so excited to marry who I was marrying, and I was just—I mean, honestly, it's one of the happiest moments that I've ever had and anything could happen I chose that because it was just it, I chose it because at that point I couldn't believe how happy I was, it was like any, anything could happen because I, I mean I didn't I never imagined that I was going to be this happy so that's that's the moment it takes me back to
1: Want to listen to it? Anything Could Happen by Ellie Goulding from her 2012 album Halcyon
0: I mean I was on top of the world in that moment I just, you know, there's not a lot of moments in your life when everybody that you love is together, and they're there for you, and you just can really feel it. I mean, everyone was having such a great time, and I, I mean, I was on top of the world. But <laughs> I, that song also, it makes me really sad, because I didn't know at the time that when anything could happen that anything would happen and you know fast forward that was in 2013 fast forward seven years and the things that have happened and the things that I've been through since then if you had told me that that was going to be my life I, I wouldn't have believed you. So within a year after getting married um, Gosh, so hard to it's so hard to tell this story. Um, one because obviously there's it's pretty painful. Um, two because any story that has to do with somebody else is their story too, you know. And it's yeah. it's really hard to. It's very hard for me to tell a story that has somebody else who plays such a big role in it. Um, and uh, three because there's a you know there's a fear of being misunderstood. I guess when i when I tell this story, and I don't I don't talk about this. Most people who've known me for the last five and a half years really don't know much about this, and if they do, it's they don't know the details and yeah, so within a year, um my ex husband was in broadcast news. he was a, a a sports sports broadcaster, and so we were gonna move around. That's just what happens in that business. and um that's actually how I ended up here. So it was a really quick turnaround. He got a job offer. And um, like I said, I'd never been to Fort Myers. I didn't know anybody. Um, I have kind of like a cousin I'm not close to who lives in Florida, but up in Jacksonville, and I haven't seen her anything. So I did, I'd i never been here and I didn't know anybody. And it took uh, a lot. I owned my home. My family's in California. I lived there my whole life. Like San Luis Obispo is, I mean, it's freaking paradise. It's amazing. Um, and it was it, – we had a couple weeks really to make a decision of where's Fort Myers to, okay, we're going. And, you know, I'm a career counselor. So when I saw in his eyes how badly he wanted this, I said, okay, let's go. And so we did. And we packed up everything, um, sold my house, and uh, got in the car and I drove here. <laughs> and like I said, I rolled in on July 1st and here I am. Um, I didn't have a job for about five and a half months while I was getting resettled. And luckily, I found FGCU. Um, You know, my my background's in counseling for education, so I knew I could do that anywhere. And um, the whole thing did not go as planned. Uh, We definitely grew apart. Um, News keeps people away from home at odd hours. And... I was alone, 3,000 miles away from my family and everything that I knew. And um, my partner didn't really know how to be there for me. And it got messy quick. Um, so hard, <laughs> so hard to tell the story. Um, long story short, I never expected to be divorced by 29 so far away from home and everybody that I knew, and uh, really with nothing but my dog. I didn't have a place to live. I actually bounced around for about four months with no stable housing. Um, Not many people at work knew that that was happening. I was all of a sudden majorly in debt, even though I had a big life savings at the beginning of that same year and um, had to deal with some pretty tough consequences of how everything went down um, If you've ever been gaslighted it's a it's a really tough thing to go through and you often don't know what's happening and with help, I realized that's what was happening it wasn't me. <laughs> that was crazy or whatever I was starting to believe that I actually was because I was being told I was so much. But um, I don't even know if I can finish this story. But uh, it's um, it's been really tough. And I'm in a much better place now. I, I have fully healed from everything that happened. But um, in that moment that I listened to that song – with all my friends and family around me at my wedding, if you had told me that was how it was going to end, I would have, ne- I would have laughed. I would have laughed in your face. And so now, looking back, <laughs> um, my friends and will tell you that I'm one of the strongest people that they know. But um, it it took a lot. It took a lot of years. It's been five and a half years since I've been here, and I am, I am a different person for the better because of it. But that's really, that's really what that song ends up meaning to me.
1: When we challenged you to pick three songs, was that one that you knew you were going to tell? Was that one you had to kind of build up the courage to tell?
0: I knew that was one of my songs. I had a hard time figuring out how much of that story I was going to tell. And even that third thing that I said about, you know, feeling misunderstood, there's so much more to the story. Um, And uh, I know I'm going to worry about how much I said. (laughs) And uh, how much I didn't say because I just, you know, you just want people to understand. But um, I just told myself that I w- it was going to be organic when I walked in here and I was going to tell what I was going to tell. And hopefully <laughs> it's all OK. <laughs> it is all OK.
1: Um, and now you've told it. Yes. It's behind it. you now. Yes. Well, the, the part <laughs> the part you chose to tell. Yeah. Um, do you listen to that song often? Is that a song that you kind of like don't want to listen to?
0: No, I actually love that song. Yeah? Yeah. It's – um. I still look back on getting married on that moment on my wedding with nothing but love and joy. You know, it's that, that feeling. You, you, you can't, like, you, you know, it's the past, right? You can't go back and you can never change the past because it's already happened. You can only respond going forward. And that song will always take me back to that, the joy and the happiness I felt at that moment.
1: You ever heard the quote, forgiveness is giving up all hope of having had a better past?
0: Mm, no, so I remember. haven't. Isn't
1: that great? That is
0: great. Yeah, I love it.
1: Um, you mentioned earlier, we're moving on now. You okay? Yeah. We're to yeah. move I'm, on? I'm
0: going to take a sip of water and take I'm going to be okay. Water, Here take I Take a breath.
1: Okay. Um, you mentioned earlier that you do like musicals, that you've seen lots of musicals. Yes. Do you have a favorite?
0: A favorite musical? That would be so hard. <laughs> Um, I will say that my favorite experiences I've had, I've had seeing musicals. Um, I saw Wicked at the Pantages in Hollywood, and that one was incredible to witness. And then, funny enough, I did not expect this, and I know that anybody who hasn't seen it may judge me for saying this, but I saw Legally Blonde in London in one of the huge professional theaters. I would
1: like to see that. It
0: was incredible. It was so good and my friends and I put our names into one of the drawings or we, you know, we we basically won the opportunity to buy I think they were half price front row tickets. Like me
1: every day on Hamilton yes. app this oh, past I would 3 weeks. Oh, I'd love to see
0: Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> but we won front row tickets to wow. go see it and it was it was such a fun experience but actually had a lot of depth to it so it was it was great. So I know those are more recent musicals but
1: um, favorite tequila?
0: Oh my favorite tequila. Oh, people are gonna roll their eyes. I drink patron mostly, but I love you know to go, you know, to Heridura, Don Julio. I'm I love I love, te- you're I love good tequila. You're drinking tequila
1: straight, you're just you, I mean you know you're not just like you know, making margaritas. I you're do d- not, drinking tequila.
0: I when I, I only make margaritas with <laughs> tequila. Okay, <laughs> so um, if I have good tequila, I will drink it on the rocks and squeeze a lime into it. A couple of limes, maybe.
1: But uh, uh, favorite local beer.
0: Ooh, favorite local beer. Because I
1: can say that now. See, we didn't always get to say local beer, and mm-hmm. now there's local beer. So yeah, you have a favorite.
0: Uh, I have been to, I'd say, almost all of the breweries around here. It's something I do probably weekly. Is go to a brewery. Um, My favorite local beers, I really like Pointe Bell Brewing Company. Um, Thumbs up from Richard. Okay. And, uh, oh my gosh. Um, I'm a big fan of dark beers. So if you have a good dark beer, I like that. I love all the variations on the goat from Momentum Brewing, Mm -hmm. uh, Brewhouse. They do some vanilla, chocolate, cinnamon, coffee. They release them regularly. So it's I like that one, too.
1: I drink probably a little more than I should of the High Five IPA from mm-hmm. Fort Myers Brewing Company mm-hmm. because i it's like I'm supporting my local business mm-hmm. when I pick it up off the shelf at Publix. So Definitely. I
0: like... <laughs> it's Actually, it's so fun to be able to go into a grocery store and pick up beer yeah, that's yeah. brewed here.
1: Yeah. And I live east of downtown, and there's this little Sonico right on the street there on Palm Beach Boulevard, and I've lived there for a long time. And they built a condo tower at the end of the street about five or six years ago. And now they've got all these great local beers in this little Seneco. So it's like mm. even the little gas stations are carrying locally brewed beer.
0: It's great. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, TV theme song, Committed to Memory, that you'd like to sing with us.
0: Oh, gosh. Right now. Do you play the song or do we have to do an cappella? No, no
1: sure do. on it unless sure you sure want do. to do a cappella. Our <laughs> no. guest on Friday did the entire um, – Oh, no, that was Bonanza. on Saturday. Bonanza. It was Bonanza oh, my gosh. A- acapella, but you can pick one that we can get the music to.
0: Yeah, well, funny enough, full circle here, the one that's coming to mind is uh, Gilmore Girls, which I got on that bandwagon way late. I actually just finished watching it probably about a year ago, um, but uh, Carol King is the uh, theme song.
1: Bring it up, Richard. I've never seen it, so maybe I'll be able to just I'll, maybe I'll do the horror scream this time.
0: <laughs> it's one of it's one of her well-known songs, so it's okay. on one of her albums. If
2: it's Carol King and well-known, I'll probably you know it. All right, hang tight with just one second here. Okay,
0: I think it's where you where you lead.
2: If you're out on the road, you're feeling
1: Is this it? Yeah, so we'll sing. Well, I don't know all the words, but I'll <laughs> sing, sing when we you get know. there
0: to do is call my name, and I'll be there on the next train you lead. I will follow any, anywhere that you tell me to. Yeah. You great.
2: Thank
1: you. I didn't even know where to get in there. Thank you. <laughs> well, well done. Thanks. I, I, I you closed your eyes and went there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I don't know. That's the first one that came to mind.
1: Uh, karaoke. <laughs> I
0: yeah, I have yes, I have karaokeed. Yes.
1: <laughs> what would be your go-to song if you had to?
0: Um, if I had to karaoke, I usually when I do karaoke end up with uh, "You and I" by Lady Gaga or "Gunpowder and Lead" by Miranda Lambert.
1: Okay. Um, you do dance in your living room when you're young. Do you dance out in the world in front of people hmm. unabashedly?
0: No, not really, actually. I, I had a good – I had a go there where I was going out dancing, but I kind of lost that somewhere along the way. Um, I would much rather sing in front of people than dance in front of people. I mean I'm kind of like lanky and awkward.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little Elaine dance going yeah. on there. Uh, before your third song, voiceovers. Mm-hmm. Got like? Did you do uh, instruction manuals for things, or do you do like characters in kids shows, oh, or wish. where – What's that all about?
0: Yeah, so um, I, I had a, a brief stint in my past life at a news station, and I was in—I was on the advertising team, so. What was really cool about it is technically it was a sales position, right? There's a lot of those out there where you're selling airtime and that kind of thing. But we also had a creative studio in our station. And with my background in theater, they let me get really involved in that. So when I, you know, if there was a, a, business that wanted to advertise and they didn't have a commercial already made or they weren't working with an agency, our station would make it for them. So I got to write scripts and I got to go out and film and I got to be in a bunch of commercials. Um, I did a bunch of voiceovers for them. They used to pay me in free lunch. So (laughs) that was really fun. But I probably did, uh, I I mean, 40, 50. I did a lot. And the coolest one I ever did was actually for my university. I had to do a, a football spot for my university. So Okay. Yeah. Song three. Song three, Reaper by Sia. Uh, this is really where the story.
1: I'm glad you said that name out loud, so I'll know how to say it later.
0: Sia, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I guess I'll jump into this story. Um, as I mentioned, of course, I couldn't, I didn't tell the whole story of the last five and a half years, but um, where that last song left me. On top of the world, when I moved here, I definitely hit my rock bottom, which if you've ever been a person that's hit real rock bottom, it's a really tough place to be. Um, As I mentioned, music is a huge part of my life. And, you know, some of my friends realized that I was having a hard time coming back from the stuff that I'd seen and the things that I'd been through. And one of my friends commented, you know, you don't sing anymore, which is something I do all the time when I'm happy and you know it's just it just comes out of me. If I'm cooking and I'm at home and I'm feeling good, I'm you know I'm singing. I sing in the shower. I sing in the car. I'm always just always singing. And she finally said something about I haven't heard you sing for a really long time. And um, I actually had another really rough relationship after I got divorced here, and it just I was you know it was pretty pretty beaten down trying to claw my way back out and there was one morning i don't even remember where i was going i think i'm maybe driving to the beach or somewhere i live off mcgregor like close to fort myers beach mm-hmm. and i was driving down mcgregor which if you've been you know up and down that's that road it's it's there's some really beautiful parts it's where the little palm trees are and um i was driving in one of the most beautiful parts there was like pink bougainvillea, and the sun was shining, and, you know, the palm trees were there. And Florida, to me, had been just such a rough place that I hadn't – I felt like I hadn't really been able to give it a chance. You Mm. know, I said, oh, I hate Florida. I hate Florida. I want to go back to California so many times. And this morning that I was driving, um, this song came on, and I hadn't really been looking around me, but I realized all of a sudden that I was singing. And the words – mean a lot to me and my story, um, which we'll hear them in a second. But it was one of those Mm. moments where I was really, it was almost like like a cloud was kind of lifted. And I, you know, had one of those like downloads where I was like, whoa, it is, there is so much more to my life than just what I've seen and what, you know, what's happened. And that's when I noticed the trees and the sun. And the flowers, and I kept singing. But the words, the words mean so much to me in this song, and it's still to this day. I've heard it. I, I don't even know how many times I've heard this song. It just, it's, uh, it's, it gives me hope, makes me light. So, shall we? Yeah, we shall.
1: Uh, Reaper by Sia, released in two thousand sixteen. What's that make you feel now?
0: Ugh. I, I just love that song. I mean, it, honestly, it makes me so happy because to me, it's a reminder. I mean, there is so much in this world that can bring you down. There really, I mean, every single day, you know, you drive around and uh, some people are making choices that just, they can hurt other people or they can, you know, say something to bring you down or things just aren't going your way. And it is just a constant reminder to me of like, not today. Not today, right? Because in the I mean, in this song, she's talking I mean, she's obviously talking about the Grim Reaper yeah. being right behind her. Yeah. And I mean, that is like the ultimate like downer, right? <laughs> of like the human condition, right? And she's just like, no, i've got I've got things to do, right. And it's you know, it's still acknowledging it that it's out there. But it's really not not letting the things that don't matter in the long run bring you down. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so after all the stuff that I'd been through, it was I was so tired of just feeling down, you know, and being, you know, being dragged down, being pulled backwards. And I was just so ready to to kind of just like reemerge, I guess, you know, yeah. and, and it, it was really a defining moment where I made the decision to see the world differently. And I now live my life that way, where if I'm going to be out in the world, what I'm going to be putting out in the world is going to be positive you know mm-hmm. i i don't i want to treat people with respect even if they haven't treated me with respect right i want to help wherever i can and it's just i mean just here you know not today not today so that's what it i mean that's really what it meant to me
1: Um, Not to get hyper-local, but where on McGregor were you? Yeah. Do you remember? Because, I mean, I I know McGregor really good. And if you're talking about, like, the Poinsettias and the palm trees, you're up on this side of town. You're not down there by the beach probably. Well,
0: it was actually – I'm trying to remember. Is it Gulf Shores? It is down on the bottom – the bottom part of okay. McGregor. Not before McGregor takes that weird right turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but kind of before that, there's like just uh, that really like well-manicured, beautiful yeah,
1: yeah, I know development down there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it's totally different. But I kind of had a similar thing with Fort Myers where I you know, I grew up here and I wanted to leave. And then all of a sudden I had an epiphany at some point where I was like, no, I'm this is where I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to do it here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So cheers to that. Well, it is that. what you make it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, so – I mean, you got to give it a chance.
1: Yeah. Um, Fourth song that maybe almost made it Mm. that you would care to share a short version of a story?
0: Sure. Um, I actually have two that come to mind. I guess I had a a list of five. Um, One of the first ones is uh, uh, Carol King keeps coming up. It's just I feel the earth move. Mm -hmm. That song just takes me back to my – Yeah, that
1: reminds me of my, my 70s parent moment thing yeah Yeah. I don't know that's where I went I'm like some shag carpet yeah
0: (laughs) I I think of that one because I used to uh, sing a lot in the car with my mom and so she you know every once in a while she would put that on actually my brother and I usually got to pick the music he got to pick the music on even days and I got to pick the music on odd days which is how she stopped a lot of fights but every once in a while she would sneak a song in there and I remember singing that one with her
1: huh Um, that's a belt you can belt that song oh yeah. (laughs) yeah
0: I love singing that one yeah it's good and the other one the other one is uh, its kind of an album, actually. Uh, KT Tunstall, "Eye to the Telescope." Um, that one was really my my first uh, first major heartbreak. Got oh, me through one of those. So, gotcha. yeah.
1: Does that first heartbreak look like about that big now?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing compared to <laughs> compared um, to what's going on. So,
1: if you could learn any instrument instantly, Matrix style, what would it be?
0: Matrix style. Um. You know, I would, I would my first would be the guitar. I always wanted to learn how to play the guitar um, because you can sing with it. And while I learned to sing and play the piano at the same time, that's really what I wanted to do was sing. I have, and,
2: a, I have a quick uh, – here's good news. Yeah. As somebody who had years of piano lessons and then taught themselves to play guitar, mm. you can play guitar mm-hmm. because the guitar is just – it's six pianos. Oh. Like the strings – the strings are just the same, like each. You know, you, you know the, what a fret is. Yes. Right. So that's just a half step for each one. Oh my gosh. Half step, whole step, half step. Yeah. Step, whole step, whole and then, step, step. and then each string up, is two and a half steps.
0: You just blew my from mind. From the
2: from the next string over. So so it's just like um you know remember in the 80s when they would have like uh, a lot of 80s rock bands you have the double the double keyboard.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Imagine, like six keyboards. And they're all just shifted over, you know, two and a half steps each each one up. Wow. That's, that doesn't sound less complicated no, than me. No, but, <laughs> but if you play piano, but it, you it's yeah, really straightforward. Like, I
0: I feel like I need to pick up a guitar again and, and look at it with can new eyes.
2: Absolutely learn
1: to play guitar. Yeah. What you have to do, and this is with the advice that was given to me, is you gotta get a guitar and you gotta pick it up and put it in your hands for fifteen minutes every day. Mm. And after three hundred and sixty five days, no matter what, you'll be able to play the guitar. Whoa. Just FYI, and now we have YouTube. Yeah, um, start a band. What kind of band would it be? What role would you play?
0: Mm. Well, I'd be the singer, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but what type of band? Uh, I'd be tempted to say some kind of a pop band. But you know, I don't. I don't know if you know this band, but uh, Miranda Lambert started the Pistol Annies, okay. and they do kind of. Um, I don't even know how to explain it well, but they do kind of uh, a little bit of a. Um, it's a little. It's got that old timey country kind of vibe to it, uh, mixed in with yeah. Because Adam Lambert, he won, I think, American Idol, right? No, Miranda Lambert. All the awesome, like, oh, Miranda, Miranda Lambert. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Insert X. Yeah. Um, if you were a championship wrestler, what would be the song that you came out to?
0: Oh, I don't watch wrestling.
1: Well, you don't have to. Just imagine something that would. Oh. Know, Excite the crowd.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, like what's your
1: fight
2: music?
0: My fight music. What gets me fired up? Um, I don't know. This is one of those pauses we were talking about. Um, I'm drink a little coffee here. That's yeah, fine with me. I'm, like, totally drawing a blank. I feel like I need to pull my phone out. Do it. Oh. Oh, The first one I saw is pretty good. That gets me fired up. There's a lot of cuss words in it. But um, (laughs) I don't even know if I want this to be my answer or not, but Kanye West, a monster. He's got a a Nicki Minaj and... uh, I want to say Jay-Z's on there. I don't know. That might be it. That might well, be if it.
2: you
1: ever wind up as a championship wrestler. Oh, my wrestler gosh, now I can't believe
0: mind. I just said that. Um,
1: um, uh, parents, don't
0: uh, let your kids listen to that song. What
1: album would you pick if you could only listen to one ever again?
0: Oh, one ever again. These are tough questions. You know, part of me... The, the the part of me from the past wants to say the White Album just because that's never gotten old for me. And it's right. been 32 years so far. So Right. Um, but I guess from newer stuff, I actually might pick the album that that Sia song came from, This Is Acting, mm-hmm. um, which, if I remember right, has a pretty interesting twist to it. I think some or all of those songs were um, – Hopefully this is accurate information, but we're rejected by studios. Oh, okay. And she ended up making a whole CD out of them, and it is phenomenal.
1: Hmm. Uh, what would your 14-year-old self think of who you are now?
0: Oh, she wouldn't believe it. Oh, she wouldn't believe it. I felt like I was, I was so – I mean I was happy, but I was also super insecure. Um, I wore glasses my whole life, and like I said, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So when I got around people, it wasn't that I was antisocial. I just – I – just always cared so much what other people said and now like i'm completely the opposite like i try so hard to like i said like i said earlier just you know love everybody and be kind to everybody but i also was able to turn that in on myself you know like i'm perfectly happy with who i am you know there are some things that i might change about my life but in terms of who i am you know, she she wouldn't believe it, hmm. and, uh, and she probably also wouldn't believe that I made it this far. <laughs> so, yeah, I think she'd be impressed.
1: Um, uh, can you recommend three people who you'll share this with that you think we should get on this podcast?
0: Sure. Let's see. Well, the first person, these are all FGCU people. And I actually find them all fascinating. The first person I would recommend would be Dr. Glenn Whitehouse.
1: He's got an open invitation. Yeah, Glenn, you better be listening to this right now. He'll make If him you don't listen, listen to, to this, I'm going to be mad at you.
0: Yeah, so he's our associate dean for student affairs. But how, also- wait,
2: how would he know though if he wasn't, if he's not listening? <laughs> She's gonna make him listen. I, I know you're better. doing, doing
1: that. We're not talking to listeners who aren't listening thing on the radio. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll make sure he knows. Um, he's he's yeah. Oh, Glenn is he's yeah. He's I work I've worked with him for five and a half years on the Pages program, at FGCU, and I highly recommend bringing him on. Um, the second person is actually another person I work with on the Pages program. Love her, sassy as all get out, but amazing insights and amazing stories. And that is. Pie Rice, she Patricia Rice. She works in the dean's office in the College of Arts and Sciences as well. Okay, um, has some great stories.
1: Hi, Patricia. Mm-hmm. And then the she's l- going to listen to this too.
0: Yes, she does go by Pie though. So hi, Pie. Yeah, hi, bye And then the last person that I would recommend is Mike Kennedy. He is one of our. PR. I have. He
1: has been invited also.
0: Yeah. Good. Okay. Does this mean I have a do-over? Mm,
1: um, uh, you know. I didn't actually invite him as an individual because I invited him and Miles oh, and the band. The
0: Immokalee Road Band.
1: Uh, to do it like a live stage show thing, mm-hmm. and they dragged their feet. Mm-hmm. So we can either make it just Mike and you can stick that or you can go ahead and pick another if mm, you
0: want. Pick another person. I, um, met,
1: I met him on the, uh, the Cannabus. Oh yeah, we yeah. took a we took a road trip with um, Sam Walsh and the Weed People uh-huh. here at FGCU up to the Certera Grow Facility uh, in Tampa, mm-hmm. and that's where I met Mike Kennedy. Awesome, yeah,
0: yeah. He's a he's a, he's <laughs> I, I I just I I have no words. I would definitely love to hear an episode with Mike Kennedy. So, if I were to pick another person. Um, I have more of a professional relationship with this person, but I also find her story fascinating. It's Dr. Asha mm. Um, She is – I'm going to butcher her title because it's very long, but at least associate vice president of strategic initiatives, workforce development, that kind of thing. She's a little bit newer to the university, but – And she's up in the president's office or the provost's office. Okay, We'll
1: share this with them. I will. And and they're local. That makes it easy. We've had a lot of guests lately that have been picking people out of town. It makes it a little tougher. Mm. Um, Are there any songs that you'll always avoid listening to because of the memory that they will associate with?
0: Yes. One is I Won't Give Up by Jason Mraz. That actually was the song that I danced to at my wedding. And uh, we did, in fact, give up. So that's a bit of a downer. Um, and then the other one is uh, Happier by Marshmallow and somebody else. It just came out uh, maybe a year or two ago, I think. It got really popular, but that one's also associated with a pretty painful memory. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's it. You've done it. I did it. You did it. Do you have any final thoughts?
0: Final thoughts. I mean, let's all just be nice to each other.
1: Cheers to Cheers. that. Yeah. We make this show in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and periodic host. Chris Duffis is executive producer. Our theme song was made by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. So many of us have quite a bit more time on our hands right now. So if you know anyone who's looking for something to pass that time, maybe mention to them this podcast that you listen to that has, oh, somewhere on the order of 100 plus hours of back catalog to check out, and as always, finding and liking us on Instagram or Facebook or Spotify is greatly appreciated. For this week's Parting Tune, we're going back one year to one of my favorite episodes, number 54, with my friend from high school, Robin Marr. His third song story had dual meaning for him, first from his college days in relation to his future wife and a particularly tough time they were going through. He stumbled across this song for the first time right then, and it resonated deeply with him as he listened to it over and over thinking about her and he said it has sort of become their song but Robin is a naval aviator who now works for U.S. Special Operations Command up in Tampa this is Coming Back to Life by Pink Floyd from their 1994 album The Division Bell
3: but then fast forward flying uh, helicopters uh, in Afghanistan in 2012 the helicopter that I fly uh, you have an there's a way to hook up uh, music through the the, uh, the headphones. And uh, you know, when you're not doing some sort of mission or, or something that requires, you know, everybody being completely focused, usually at the end of the night, there was an opportunity, hey, sir, do you mind if we plug in some music? Uh, and so it was a way for us to, you know, kind of relax a little bit, decompress. A lot of times it was, you flew all night long and you're on your way back home and the sun is coming up and it's just this sort of very, like, uh, uh, you know, warm, safe feeling. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, and this song. I one time, I handed them my my iPod. And I said, "Hey, play, you know, play this song." And they they hooked it up. And and everybody, I think, kind of it was just that that perfect uh, confluence of hmm. of events. Everybody's like, "That was the most amazing thing." Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and so then it kind of became for us, you know, hey, sir, can we put that on there on the way back home, and they're like, yeah, absolutely, let, let's put it on. So. Um, it sounds. It may sound a little bit cheesy when you think about sort of the title of the song or everything, but it. not know,
1: got chill. <laughs> it, it meant.
3: It meant uh, you know a lot again for me with regards to my, my wife and I, uh, but then also I have I have so many stories that end with uh, and then I didn't die, um, you know. And, and this song is kind of in particular, sort of to, in, in relation to that memory and some of those things. So uh, that, that's it in a nutshell. Keep listening.
2: Here we come, walk down the street. Next time on Three Song Stories.
1: I guess there were a few kids in my neighborhood that were uh, Beatles fans, not kids from school, but kids from the neighborhood. And I remember having um, arguments about who was better, the Monkees or the Beatles. And it was, it was obvious to me who was better, right? Because the Monkees had their own TV show. Yeah. So they must be way better than the Beatles. And I assume the Beatles were just copying off them. <laughs>